0: from the dawn of
1: time, time arriving
0: we came moving silently down through the centuries i'm 2000 years old living many secret lives hello i'm the doctor struggling to reach the time of the gathering
1: what does that mean
0: the few who remain will battle to the last no one has ever known we were among you until now
1: It's not just a
0: matter
1: of the same country, sir. We're not even in the same universe. What? Hello, and welcome to In the End, There Can Be Only Wibbly Wobbly Dicey Wicey. I'm Ryan Blake, and with me today is the uh, Game of Rassilon maestro, Michael Nixon. Hi, Mike.
0: Hello. Uh, I'm glad we've met in this church. I can put my sword away, and we can have a duel of words rather than swow words.
1: It's because you are an effete snob. And I have come to mm. your head, but I can be patient. I've waited several hundred years. I can wait another 45 to an, minutes to an hour.
0: This, I, yeah, that all checks so. out.
1: So if you haven't picked up from our very clever subtext, we are today talking about, in this Another Universe segment, how to convert and use Highlander-style Immortals in your Doctor Who role-playing game. Um, so, uh, Michael, do you want to take us through the basic concept of Highlander. Now, before we start, we are concentrating mostly on Highlander the movie, not Highlander the TV series. Well, no, we'll explain the differences between the two and some of the TV series will probably seep in. But for those of you who know what Highlander is, you will appreciate there are subtle differences and nuances. So today we're concentrating mostly on the movies, but what we're doing will allow you to very easily use TV stuff as well.
0: Yes, the the curse of the Highlander franchise is that the first movie is a complete story that finishes everything and just wraps it all up in a neat little bow and then there are like seven other movies in a TV series or three uh and an anime. Yeah, it, it doesn't it's one of those franchises where it's like, "But but you did it. It's you solved it, guys. Yeah, you cracked it." Um but yeah. you know, it's good for them. Oh, they had to make more. Uh, but let's
1: not forget there is also a series of novels, a CCG, two cartoon series, and two big Finnish adaptations that we will speak of no more.
0: Yes, we will speak. Yeah, that's the. I think the 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 thing that we've done that. Um... I think will be very useful to anybody who wants to to just introduce a little dash of Highlander into their game is that we have focused on the 86 film, which gives you everything you need. It gives you a a cast of great immortals to play with. Um, It gives you all the rules, the prize, um, some really weird stuff with running around with, with like elk. If you want to do that, you can just have a lot of fun with, with the one movie. And then if you want to, I don't know if you want to go to planet Zeist, that's up to you. We will leave that to you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, 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 I know what you guys are out there. You're all saying Highlander and Doctor Who have got one thing in common. They had one perfect moment. And, you know, Highlander had the movie, didn't need to go any further. Doctor Who had an unearthly child, didn't need to go any further. Just going. What psychopath thinks so, that? Oh, anyway. <laughs> st- statistically, someone must think that. There must That's, be someone yeah, you know
0: what? That. So, That's really so, fair.
1: And that is our demographic. The borderline sociopath who likes Doctor Who role-playing and Highlander.
0: Yeah. Sword sword people. We really are. Yeah. Especially for this episode, the demographic is somebody who has a sword on their wall.
1: Yes. Um, or under
0: your bed. You know. All right. Anyway, into the immortals. Um,
1: yes. So take us through it, Michael. What explains us the concept of immortals, because obviously the word immortal has a meaning and a connotation. Someone who cannot die. But there's more to it than that.
0: Yes. I think a lot of people incorrectly think that the the characters who are fighting in the film are all Highlanders but there's just there 's just the one Highlander, sometimes three um, uh, <laughs> the various the uh, uh but anyway, immortals are exactly that some kind of mysterious offshoot of humanity that, upon like a premature violent death, find their immater- uh, find their immortality activated from this point on. They stop aging and can survive and heal from any wound except a beheading uh, that particular sort of wound like the, the immortals will meet in combat, one will lose their head. Uh, and, and with it, their power, it's, it's kind of a whole thing. If your head comes away from your neck, it's over once. uh, Oh, also as, as Ryan has, has noted here, uh, limb removal is permanent. That's important, especially in the TV show. Uh, anyway, Uh, Once an immortal beheads another one, uh, something called a quickening happens. Uh, This means that all the life energy and experience and knowledge of the deceased immortal flows into the victor immortal, usually through a, a pretty cool light show involving lightning and some strobe lights. Uh if you're in a wind garage machine, all machine. the cars will explode a wind machine oh absolutely a wind machine uh if it's a particularly big quickening there will be a slightly obvious wire rig but don't worry about that um you can just <laughs> cover that up with cartoons later Yes
1: oh and sometimes the dead body will evitate as well just occasionally
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. That does happen. That
1: is pretty
0: cool. Yeah. Aye, Connor, I know. It's called the quickening. A strength
1: and knowledge, a life essence, flows into the victor, feeds him, and makes him stronger. Yes?
0: It's what drives the other immortals to kill us.
1: Immortals also have to follow certain rules. You don't just sort of wander around living forever willy-nilly. There are these... Now, it's never made clear. So this is something you can do in your games, however you want to do it. It's never made clear whether these rules are bound in some magical law that cannot be broken, or whether they're just conventions and everyone just has agreed to follow them. But the rules are quite simple. You can only fight one-on-one, and that's the rule. Okay, Nothing has ever deviated from that. You can only fight one-on-one with bladed weapons.
0: Yeah, it looks coolest. I think they all agreed that the side-scroller fighting method um, is an ancient and perfected method for fighting. It, it's just—it's the best way to do it.
1: It is absolutely, and, and let's be honest—you know—if you're wearing a trench coat, as is the rule in other rule in Highlander, unofficial, but I feel it should be a rule. You look much better when you're swinging a sword than when you're like shooting a gun or something silly like that. Absolutely, but but also just so it's clear, it's predominantly swords. It's 99.9% swords. You can use sword-adjacent weapons, <laughs> bladed weapons.
0: Yeah, there's been um, an axe. There was a tomahawk that one time in the TV show. A, a, a spear once or twice. Ooh, um, yeah, creative. So,
1: uh, yeah, they're mostly massively impractical if they're not swords, but you can use them. Anyway.
0: Even harder to hide in a jacket, but they pull it off. They, they, they pull just it keep, off. They keep pulling it off.
1: I do have some theories about that, which we'll come on to. it's
0: resourceful pockets they just all have resourceful pockets
1: very resourceful pockets yeah um so bladed weapons only one on one and they may not under any circumstances fight on holy ground and it's very very important to realize this that's the holy ground of any culture or religion or spiritual belief so it's not just churches temples mosques blah 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 synagogues whatever whatever um ashrams um, so, anything that is considered holy ground by anyone, it's absolutely forbidden to fight on those in those areas. The reason for this is never one hundred percent made clear, but it's very heavily implied that something terrible happens if you do that. In the film, Ramirez, who is the the Obi Wan Kenobi figure who teaches the rules, Obi Wan
0: Connery, yes,
1: Obi Wan Connery, yeah says no none of us will break that rule. And that's all that's said about it. Even the most evil immortal in the film, the Kurgan, doesn't break that rule. Okay? So so when Qui Gon Ramirez says we don't fight on holy ground, that's how it works. Okay? So that's a that's a rule that no one has broken.
0: You are safe only on holy ground. None of us will violate that law. It's tradition.
1: And we're not going to get into in case there's any real Highlander aficionados watching, we're not going to get into alternate cuts of the films where various things happen. We're going by the canon released film. Okay?
0: Yeah, I think the most popular example the TV show used was like Pompeii was the yes. result of some immortals fighting on holy ground. So just just chuck that reference in and call it a day.
1: Exactly. And if you, was, want, if was, you want to
0: get into midichlorians, that's your problem.
1: Yeah, d- deal with it yourself. Yeah, because we're not here to handhold you through your problems.
0: And when does the winner get? The last one. We'll have the power of all the immortals who ever lived. Enough power to rule this planet forever. <laughs> That's, I mean, um, there. Are, I feel like there are a lot of Doctor Who things where you just go, it's just cuz. It's just cuz. So, just you know, cause. same deal. Yeah, Exactly. It's a kind um, of magic. Y- you see? There you go. A kind of wizard did it. I was making a Queen reference, but yeah, your thing too.
1: No, I know, I know, but I was extending beyond
0: that. A kind of magic is from... Oh, you're making yes, a warrior sorry. princess reference. Respect.
1: Yeah, I'm trying really hard here.
0: No, I was complimenting you.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> but yes, so... Hand
0: reaches for sword. No, what, go on?
1: <laughs> um, just, yeah, get lost, priest. I'm uh, I'm just going to deconsecrate this place because I can't wait any longer. Um, as my tattoo says, uh, pop culture references aside, a kind of magic is a very good way of explaining why you should follow the conventions of Highlander. And I suppose to doc- Doctor Who. Because, yeah, it is a kind of magic. And that's how it works. Um, so, really, really quickly, the key differences between TV and movie immortals. Mike, do you want to take the yeah. first one?
0: Yeah. Uh- Movie Immortals, they can't drown. In fact, they kind of theatrically can just sort of walk around underwater and have fun. Um, And they don't die from all of their wounds. Um, Whereas TV Immortals, uh, they're much more kind of romance novel-y. They drown over and over again. uh, And they can die temporarily from wounds that would kill a normal human. Um, They have more of a Captain Jack way of being immortal. Whereas movie Immortals have, frankly, a more fun way of being immortal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they just, keep, they just endure crazy amounts of damage and do not fall down. I, think, I suppose by default, they must heal a lot faster as well. So,
0: Yeah, it's, I yeah. feel like movie immortals take more emotional damage than physical damage.
1: So now you might be asking, how, 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 how can I bring one of these immortals into my Doctor Who role-playing game? What, what rules would I use? How could this possibly work? You're mad, I tell you. Stop it. But don't worry we have the solution. We have come up with the Highlander immortal package so that you can create a character using the doctor who rules. And fascinatingly through the crazy math of the rule system, this package has a uh, zero point cost. Is that not right, Michael?
0: Yes, we did the math and uh, turns out it, it, yeah, you can just sort of seamlessly fit these guys in here, which is pretty nice. They
1: say life is cheap. Well, we've proven it wrong. Oh, we've proven it right.
0: Life could life be fun.
1: Life could be fun. Hacking people's heads off for eternity.
0: So, uh, you know, it, in parody <laughs> in Minecraft.
1: So, yeah, uh, so let's, so um, now we've also created, using these rules, the two main characters from the movie, Connor McLeod and the Kurgan. We're not going to go through them today um, on here because we're going to go through the package and how to fit immortals into your game. But you'll be able to find all of the stats and the package and all of this on the blog, as usual. Um, so feel free to go there, look at the trading cards, look at the background material on that,
0: see what you think. Yes, Ryan put a lot of work into them. They look very nice. Thank you very Please much. check well, them, them kind of magic. out. Oh, well, certainly. Double, blah, blah.
1: Huh. Reference flipped. You're seeing you're a feet snob. You thought you could defeat me on holy ground, but yes. So let's go through the immortal package. Michael, do you want to? kick us off on this zero point package
0: yeah let's dig into this um you know uh slaps package you can fit so much emotional tragedy into this bad boy basically the traits you're going to add on as an immortal uh once you know your character or whatever you're you know creating you know awakens to their immortality uh the traits we've added are fast healing uh that's a special good um immortal that's a major good uh, detect immortal. Now this is a clever one. Ryan came up with, which is a a free trait that simulates in the TV show. It, it's the buzz. It's much more of an obvious like spider sense for other immortals. In the movie, it's more of like a you know how in Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie she gets kind of that weird like crampy sensation when there are vampires near. It's basically the same thing for boys in Highlander. Like if there's another high, if there's like another, I almost said another Highlander. I <laughs> fell into the trap. If there's another immortal nearby you get kind of a queasy vibe um so this is like a free trait you can play this i think however works best for your game but it's you know as, as the gm i think you have to let the other let the immortal in your game know that there's another immortal present. that's just, just fair before play I go
1: on because you you nearly said the highlander thing
0: it's a, I, I fell right into the trap they got me
1: <laughs> it's only in like england and america and english-speaking nations this is a problem Because, for example, in Spain, it's just called Los Immortales. Everywhere else in the world. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it?
0: Oh, that's a great
1: title. And and, and everywhere else in the world, it's just called The Immortals or some variant on that. So they would never have this problem. It's just an unfortunate thing of the English language that we nearly say the whole... It's like saying, oh, yeah, he's a Dracula instead of a vampire. We don't mean to.
0: It's the fracas side, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) It's not Highlander. It's Highlander's Immortal. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, It's you're thinking of Doctor Highlander, actually. Um, oh, that guy! Oh, god. and I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely make a character in a game called Doctor Highlander. Um, anyway, back to the package. The next trait in there would be dark secret, which is that you are an immortal. Um, historically and particularly in the film, um, Connor's sort of method of hiding out in the in the then modern world of, of the, the 1985 or 1986, depending on your point of view, is something you're hiding that you're an immortal. It's not something that you're very public about. Uh, so yeah, we, we put it in here as a dark secret, which applies.
1: We've also got weakness. Now this is going to sound odd when I say this out loud, I've just realized, <laughs> but weakness, major bad, beheading. Now I realize technically everything that has a head has that major weakness. But this is their main major weakness. It's the only way you can kill them. And also, I always took it now, this is purely headcanon really, but I always took it that-
0: (laughs) Haha, headcanon, sorry.
1: I didn't realize that, yeah. I didn't realize how clever I was. Um, But yeah, (laughs) I, I always took it to mean that in some way, immortal necks were slightly more prone to being able to be cut through because it takes a lot of force to cut a head off. And I know it's a fantasy film, but I always made it like, in terms of the rules, when you're slicing an immortal's neck, it's somehow slightly easy to slice through, maybe. (laughs) I know that sounds silly. It just cuts like butter. Exactly. Well,
0: it's like... Yeah, that is a good point. I feel like technically it's weakness, major, bad, neck.
1: Neck, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Really, it's just neck. Yeah. Yeah. It's similar to, I don't know... Uh, this is a weird cultural reference point but in From Dusk Till Dawn the script, there's a part of it where the guy says specifically that the vampire's chest has a weird kind of liquid quality which allows you to pierce it with a stake more easily than a human being. A human being it would be almost impossible to do. But with a vampire, because they have a liquid quality to their chest, it's much easier to stake them. Which m- makes most vampire films make a lot more sense.
0: That's some real midichlorian stuff. I don't need it. Moving no, I on.
1: I don't need it but- <laughs> it's it's like the nearest thing i could think of to you know remind me of it but yes you're
0: right let's talk about no more like the pat oswald thing do you like ice cream here's a big bucket of rock salt (laughs) Uh, it's all the parts you want for the things you like no i just want the thing i like anyway uh the next one we have here is adversary uh again major bad and it's all immortals because they if you're an immortal and you're you're in the game they want the prize which is your head so bad luck
1: in the time of the film and eventually in all Highlander spin-offs and what have you, all Immortals will be drawn to a quote-unquote far-off place to fight for the prize. And that is...
0: The gathering. What gathering? When only a few of us are left, we will feel an irresistible pull towards a faraway land to fight for the prize.
1: The last Immortals will battle, and the last Immortal, in the end, there can be only one Immortal. They're all driven to kill each other, whether they are good, bad, indifferent, they're all driven to that goal eventually.
0: There can be only one. Remember that rule. One what? One of you? Only one immortal left in the end? Is that it? But by this point in the pod, you'll have already heard uh, the bit that Sean Connery recorded for the first movie in his bathroom. Um, so this will all make much more sense to you.
1: Yeah, so that's called, that's called The Gathering, and the prize is that All the Power of All the Immortals Ever Lived.
0: Yeah, you could still play a character that is is trying to avoid the fight, but the fight comes to them. That's exactly, totally exactly. viable. There can be only one. The next trait we added here was Code of Conduct, which is a, a major special um, because there's so much sort of particular stuff. This covers holy ground. This covers blades only. Um, yeah, it, it covers sort of the, the rules of the game um, uh, uh, effectively. Uh, and then from there, we added experienced, uh, special good, uh, this is this sort of allows the quickening um, mechanic to take over. Ryan, you may, you might want to explain the particulars of this because you may have this down better than me.
1: Okay, so every immortal comes with a, a level of experience. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that everyone listening to this knows the rules well enough to know what the experience trick does. And so when you behead another immortal, the quickening in terms of rules mechanics means that you take your characters, your opponents' um, experienced trait effectively. You take their XP levels and you can spend them as you wish on reskilling your character. So you enhance your character by taking their experience trait, the value of it, and redispersing it amongst your amongst your character. So if a character has, for example, the experience trait twice or three times, which is possible with an immortal you can disperse that and you get more. So therefore, the more powerful a character you behead, the more experienced traits you take from them and can redistribute to improve your character. Um, We kept this rule kind of loose because there's no real evidence, despite what they say, there's no real evidence that let's say you behead an immortal who is the greatest carpenter in the world. If you behead them and take their quickening, It's never been shown in any of the formats that you will automatically become the greatest carpenter in the world, but you will generally become a better fighter and harder to kill. So we've taken it that you can take the traits and redistribute these uh, points as you wish to improve on the things you want to improve.
0: Yeah, in fact, there's more evidence in the in the other media of taking on sort of negative traits from other immortals, which might also let you do some interesting stuff with point buying if you want to. So it's it's per game, per GM, however you want to play that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, because we we t- we don't want to be unpacking every single nuance and plot element of the TV show and the movies because we'd be here forever and we're dark quickenings
0: that. is like three hours and nobody wants that
1: exactly and of course let's not forget light quickenings which have
0: also oh god that's another three hours nobody wants that yeah. either let's hey, get out hey, of it i'm hey, you know i'm just gonna go if you step <laughs> up <if> you
1: step <laughs> off, oh no i gotta stay
0: <laughs> in the church ah crap all right okay because. so anyway uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're dicing with death here
0: that's true um i think the another thing we added in the package is a, a story point minimum of three uh that's sort of a general immortal rule um uh, uh yeah. from there yeah how how did we what was the what was the basis of that i apologize
1: it was basically when we put the package together there were so many elements of the package so many traits that took away from your story point base that you would you'd be, you'd be on a minus which of course is impossible mm. and we figured there's enough actions in the film and in the tv series to be honest but in the film mainly where Connor has clearly spent a story point mechanically speaking in translation and we figured Okay, if somehow you get to the position where you've got more story- than three story points, great. But the minimum you can have ever is three, just because you need a baseline amount. One seems kind of pointless in the, the terms of role playing in the dot Two game. So he said three is your base. Nothing can take it lower than three because you live forever, you gain skills, etc. Yes, you do get better, but if you don't have any story points in the game, it makes the game less fun. And three yeah. is enough not to unbalance it, not to overpower you, but also to give you a chance to have a bit of fun here and there. With story points.
0: Yeah, and those story points can, of course, deplete by the uh, end of the adventure, but would restore Absolutely. the next. Thing. Yeah. yeah, standard uh, uh, rules there. Um, so, the the, the the speaking of rules, uh, the the basics of an immortal fight that. Uh, uh, we came up with was you know, if you're in combat with another immortal, the goal is to reduce the rival immortal strength and resolve or oh, strength or resolve uh, to zero, and then make one last attack roll to take their head. Uh, and with it, their experience levels and quickening again, these, um, these rules may vary for your game or how you want to figure it out with your game master. But we figured it was a good guide on sort of how to mechanically run one of these fights.
1: Yeah, because, because each fight, in Highlander has a different flavor to it, because we do see on occasion a person is beaten and then beheaded, not because they've been wounded to death physically, but it's sort of heavily suggested their spirit has been broken in the fight, you know, and and the weight of immortality Mm. and living forever has got them and they're on their knees or hands and knees. And they basically look up and say, finish it. I'm done. You know, when they could physically, hypothetically run away. So there's a psychological element to these fights as well, which fits in well with Doctor Who because it gives you the chance, I feel, to use the you know in terms of the initiative, talking to try and beat your enemy as well. No. You know, you can persuade someone, you can break them by saying things to them, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah, and that all rounds off really neatly into um, a zero point package. Now, the story point minimum rule. Uh, the story point base of three. That's our one technically it's a fudge, technically. But it's
0: But just fair play. If you have yeah. a character with zero story points, you're just gonna like run into walls and stuff. It's not it's not fun. Exactly. And again, you're probably gonna need a story point for resourceful pockets to get a sword in a jacket. It's it's tricky.
1: Exactly. Because we we didn't make resourceful pockets an inherent part of the package because there are some immortals who don't use it. They're again we're kind of lapsing into T V but there are some immortals who hide their sword in a walking stick cane.
0: The, the, the Kurgan carries his round. I would them. actually say there's a perfect movie example of the Kurgan who uses resourceful briefcase. I was about to uh, say I was very say, different.
1: I was going to say resourceful <laughs> duffel bag, but it was a briefcase, wasn't
0: it? <laughs> I thought, yeah, isn't it like some kind of suitcase with the parts in it? Maybe yeah. I'm mixing yeah. it up with verses. Uh, there's a Japanese film called Verses. Oh, that, I that, that Versus. references the sword. It's a it does it, They do a great pastiche of the sword.
1: Yes, yes. A Ninety-nine years in the future, flash forwards. At the end, I love
0: it. Oh, um, so cool! Yeah, with just a laser pointer on the sword. Yeah, so we anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah. We'll, we'll convert those another day. Um,
0: so we have now, it's Highlander. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good point. Okay, it's this. It's this show. We're it's doing show. it right
1: We're now. Basically, doing it. So, if you want to add a laser pointer to your sword, that is fine. So now oh, oh,
0: I encourage it.
1: <laughs> which, I mean, you know, you can add fluffy dice to your sword. I mean, you can you can decorate your sword however you like. Can't the DLC?
0: That that's up to yeah, that's up to your game again. The exactly. micro downloads for for all that stuff. So, Transactions, I mean.
1: Um, but, but remember, if you're using the Electronic Arts rules, you've got to wait forty hours before that decal takes effect. So, um, I don't know why I picked this moment to burn Electronic Arts there during a Highlander Doctor Who role playing podcast. But there you go. I, I contain multitudes. So, we're now going to talk about. How to sort of cross the streams and merge Highlander into your Doctor Who universe proper.
0: Michael, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, happy to. Um as, as as we mentioned earlier, um we we broke out the sort of specifics for Connor and and the Kurgan, but we'll spare you and just sort of dig into ways of integrating the, the fun of Highlander into your game. Uh and so my my pitch for the first scenario would be uh, literally play Highlander, the movie. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I, I just think there's something really fun about dropping your characters into 1986 or 1985. If you're feeling fancy, uh, New York city um, and having them run into this scenario of the immortals are gathering. Um, the fight is happening for the prize. Maybe they bump into Connor McLeod. Maybe they bump into cast a gear and you can build cast a gear, you know, have fun with it. Or they, maybe they, they, bump into a, a, a new character that your uh, TARDIS team or whatever sort of group you're playing can take on to further adventures, however you want to do that. Um, so I, I just think there's a lot of room in literally the pitch of the movie um, and as a GM, all you would really need to do is watch a very good movie, uh, and take notes. Um, so yeah, I think there's just a lot of, a, a lot of fun in the scenario. And then my way of doctor whoing it up is I think, you know, if you want to go full 1986 on it, make it part, make it like a secret part of the trial of the time Lord. And it ends up being that, like, you know, at the basement of silver cup studios, it's the valley with some crazy machine who's going to collect the runoff from the final quickening in order to you know, revivify his own life energy. So you can throw a little bit of Doctor Who flavor into a classic, uh, you know, the Highlander movie is just like a great, very game gamifiable scenario to jump into. And, you know, I think Doctor Who is particularly fun when you take your TARDIS team or whatever it is and you smash them into another show or another genre or another world and just kind of let those things clash. Um, so yeah, that's my, it's kind of my whole, just just 80s it up. Have fun in, in 1986.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, don't forget to do a lot of drugs and vote for Ronald Reagan as your.
0: Um, oh, don't do any of that. Um, but if there's somebody handing out uh, sunglasses that reveal things in signs, don't take them. It'll drive you crazy. It's, it's, oh man, destroys your life.
1: I actually, I actually, I was thinking about your, your Valiard trial of a Time Lord um, scenario. And I actually thought, just as a tweet, I know it doesn't fit the. Era, but what if you took out the Valyard and put in the Sausage Fingers m- Master, who's on the verge of death and he's trying to steal the prize?
0: Oh to, yeah, that's great to, too. To
1: regenerate him.
0: Ex- but, that's yeah. terrific. Yeah, that's another great yeah. Doctor Who way of doing it. Or you could, um you know, yeah, the Sausage Fingers with the velvet voice. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I've completely forgotten the name of the actor. Jeffrey the, Beavers. He's a Jeffrey Beavers. That's it. And Peter Pratt that
0: one time. That was it,
1: Peter Pratt. That's the one, yeah. Most of my scenarios are pretty bleak. So um, bear with Uh me. So I thought, as a potential origin for the Highlander-style Immortals, now, also, just as a footnote, you, you should know this probably, I would imagine, but there is no explanation for why the Immortals exist in the canon of the Highlander, the movie, TV series, novels, or anything like that. We don't know why they exist. So these are all ones to fit them into the Doctor Who canon. If you say I
0: much. mean, there is in Highlander 2, but we don't talk no, about it. It we never it. happened.
1: No. Although I'm going to mention Highlander 2 one more time during this episode. So uh,
0: so I know you Oh, no, it's a talking. great Doctor Who scenario. That's the funny thing about Highlander 2 is it's an ideal Doctor Who story. Yeah. Sorry, go on, go on.
1: You know what? You know what? I'm just going to drop this one in now. Get out of the way. What if... Okay, in Highlander 2... Okay, I have to explain a little bit of the premise... They basically take a big Steve Cleveland steamer on the Highlander mythos and say, all of the immortals are alien exiles who've been sent to earth as a punishment. And the winner of the prize gets to go home and be a regular mortal again. And I'm not going to pa- unpack the other two cuts of that that change that. All I'm going to say is this bottom line. What if Zeist was the ancient Gallifreyan word for sharder?
0: Ooh! Oh, that's got a lot of spice to it. I like that.
1: Yeah, and so that's fun. And so that's why the immortals are there. They're trying to get home, but they're killing people in doing so, and blah blah blah. And that's where your Tardis team comes in. That's my one line. I couldn't bear to write anymore. I just put Highlander two. Zeist is an old word for Sharda. Question mark. Brackets. I need a shower now. Close brackets. That's what it says in my notes.
0: But I. I this is the rare occasion where I think that this, the pitch of Highlander 2, which is that it's like the, the 2020s bleak future. There's an atmosphere shield that's actually screwing everything up. Like that's very Dr. Who-y. you know, like a laser atmosphere shield that has to be brought down. De- like there's, there's a lot there um, that could be like a subsequent follow-up game if, 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 your, if your game group is, is brave enough uh, to, to delve into the theatrical cut of Highlander 2.
1: I just don't like saying the Z word.
0: That's all. Oh, you just you know, you got to add a little Zeiss to your life. Oh, a little Zeiss to lemon. Um, it is a real lemon. Anyway, uh, okay, so that's yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I think the other pa- the other pitch I would have is do the Highlanders with Highlanders. Um, so basically, you know have your characters go back and and bump into Jamie McCrimmon back in the Highlander times or after uh, McCrimmon was restored to, you know, his existence by the time Lords or however you want to do it Um, and have McLeod and Ramirez and the Kurgan pop in, like just do immortal adventures in the Highlands of Scotland, do the Highlanders with Highlanders. It's, it's fun.
1: Yeah, exactly. You've got historical, you've got fancy elements. It's a a really nice one. That's so neat. I, I really love that one. Um, This is not so much as a setting, but just as a a kind of a trope that you can drop in now. With Immortals and the Doctor universe, assuming you're playing with a time traveling Time Lord or whoever, the river song effect is absolutely there. You can meet each other out of sequence. And the great thing is, you can potentially flip flop it. You can have your, let's say you're dealing with the Doctor, you can have one Doctor meet, let's say, Connor McCloud in one year, and then the Time Lord meets them out of sequence, and so one knows has the advantage over the other with knowledge of the future, and then you flip-flop it back. So that can be potentially just quite a fun, silly little thing that I just wanted to mention that you can do. You can have the River Song effect, but flip-flop it back and forth, because one person is going, you know, as the chronometer flies from A to Z in time, and your Time Lord is flip-flopping all over the place so they can meet out of sequence, etc. I just wanted to mention that because I thought that would be something quite fun.
0: Yeah, that actually... that makes me think if you could do something very silly where an immortal misunderstands what regeneration is and thinks the doctor is some kind of special immortal and just wants to kill your doctor to be able to change their face. Like you could do something very dumb and like comical with, you know, just like a slapdash misunderstanding of you know, two sets, two rule sets smashing into each other and the misunderstandings they're in. could be quite funny uh, oh, no, to play no, as well
1: yeah 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 absolutely.
0: let's have like slam be like i want a prettier face so i'm gonna kill the doctor and you're like what's it come on man that's not how any of this works you you're not getting any of this
1: yeah oh Slan. we should mention he's the greatest evil immortal from the tv series
0: <laughs> he's just for the pilot of the tv show he's he's quite fun um he hides a little like sh- like gunpowder spear thing in his sword it's very silly he's wonderful he's
1: lovely
0: but um, he puts on a mask to protect his face and turn into a stunt actor it's it's pretty good <laughs> it's,
1: yeah it's, it's your, what makes you wonder why they didn't use that every single time they had an actor who couldn't sword fight but
0: um the, the problem is they did the trick they were like ah oh, they can't all have masks crap We we become like the mask show
1: we did it in the first episode as well
0: yeah but and um, andy the, the guy with the the like blasted a thing out of his sword like they really burned the cool tricks so it's like all right now did. we need a spear guy great
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. But anyway, that's that, that's for our forthcoming Highlander show where we dissect that and tear it to pieces. But um, uh, okay. lovingly, lovingly, lovingly. Oh god, <laughs> like, absolutely lovingly. But but it it, will, it it would be torn to shreds.
0: You've, it just, is a syndicated show from the nineties. It's it's yeah.
1: It's, yeah, I was going to say, apart from I think the Avengers, every podcast we've done together, we've lovingly torn things to shreds. So.
0: Oh, well, even I, the Avengers, the, the the delicious absurdity of that show is part of the fun. Hey, Steed Stud. Oh, my God. Yeah, we did. We did have a lot of fun with the worst named headquarters in television. That's true.
1: Right now. um, You had a really interesting theory that tied into, if you remember, the Peter Capaldi episode with me.
0: Oh, no. Did I?
1: Yes. Have you forgotten it? Cause I can, take I've it.
0: fully forgotten it. So absolutely. Just take credit. Go for it. Okay. Right. So
1: this was my idea, which I came <laughs> up with, uh, first of all, before anyone else. So I've got, I have, um, uh, one, two, I've got four more theories. Um, uh, they're all, pr- they're all pr- quite grim. But anyway, this is the light-heartedest, most lighthearted one. Okay. So me, as we know, was, um, a character in Dr. Who, who was a regular human being who was rendered immortal by a technological device.
0: Um, Oh yes, yes, yes. That's right. Yes. I remember the the pitch of this.
1: Have you remembered now?
0: Yes. Yes. The idea is that, um, you know, as immortals suffer their first death and become immortal, uh, uh, rather than that normal process happening, the, the, the Meyer device that uh, resurrected uh, the lady me actually interfered with her ability to make new memories. It actually had a negative effect on what should have been her awakening as an immortal. as something you could play uh, as well. So you could have an immortal come after lady me uh, and discover like, Oh, this is like, there's actually been some sort of flaw in the immortal process because of this, this external doctor who technological thing that interfered with it, which is, a, is another fun angle. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That was that was more of a collaborative, like we were ping ponging on that Capaldi thing. Yeah, it's a really fun idea, Um, and another way of just like dropping, dropping specific things from specific scenarios into your game, so you don't feel like you have to do all of it. Like you don't need all of the Immortals to show up. You know, you can just drop in a little bit of uh, Highlander flavor into your into your Doctor Who campaign.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you could also, if you wanted to, much more generic approach to it, but that the Maya Tech. You know, the the uh, people who invented that technology went back early enough in humankind and thought, let's have some fun, let's test these humans and disperse a bunch of their tech into various human beings mm. that causes immortality and somehow that gets carried through the gene pool. And the Meyer
0: Chlorians. Okay, uh, good uh, stuff. Oh, dear. Yeah, you did it, buddy.
1: Oh, man. Wow.
0: You solved the unsolvable puzzle.
1: So yes, and you set fire to it. Yep. Uh, and you could have the, the, I'm not calling them the Myochlorians. The
0: Myochlorians, you mean, yeah? The,
1: uh, the people who invented the Myotech um, may be using this to, you know, they're trying to create the ultimate soldier through history, and whoever wins the prize, quote-unquote, will be a super soldier, and they will take them off and use them to fight in their wars, something like that.
0: Just, yeah, they grab them, drain them of all the collected Myochlorians, and uh, have a perfect killing machine. The
1: second you step off holy ground. (laughs) So, um.
0: If you don't have fun, you go insane. It's it's an important role.
1: I I like the fact that you want to drag other people along into your insanity to facilitate. No, not insane, having fun. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm I'm feeling so fun, I'm going to have to uh, commit myself. Uh, (laughs) So, um, right. So, here's this is a fairly bleak theory, but it does fit. As we know in Doctor Who, there are a lot of pre-universe creatures, ancient ones, whatever you call them.
0: So, what if Damless they t- children, if you Do- will?
1: Okay, I am editing that out. I are not having any mention. Ma- <laughs> yes. Come back, Myochlorians, all is forgiven. But I am not having that that mentioned on this show. What if they decided to tinker with mankind? Kind of an obvious thing, but bear with me. Let's say, e.g., all of the immortals are in fact wolves of Fenric. And they all have the quickening energy. Is a tiny piece of Fenric inside them, and whoever wins the prize will have gathered together all of Fenric essentially, and will be a strong enough host for Fenric to manifest in this universe. And he'll have an indestructible body, and he'll be Fenric, you know, walking around on, on our planet. It'll be like the end of the world. Um, and so, hmm. and so, so basically, Fenric is trying to insert himself into this universe piece by piece. Through this sort of subspecies is created, or offshoot, however you want to put it. So all immortals are powered by tiny bits of this evil entity that cannot die and drives into bloodshed. Again, that's why regular Joe Blow turns out to be immortal and they still are driven to fight, because it's Fenric driving them on, on some Mm. subconscious level. Now, that's obviously when you get to the point, especially if you tie it in with the Trial of the Time Lord idea that you had, the story might be that your party has to help you know, the winner of the prize um, from letting Fenric possess them, um, get them to throw out Fenric. I'm, not, I'm saying Fenric as an EG, not as a rule.
0: Um, right. and but even more immediately, them. it could also be like, the, the players in your game are really working to stop that last fight. They have a really great reason to make sure that, you know, the last fight doesn't happen, whereas the two Immortals are driven towards that fight. Um, it's a great gamified thing. You yeah, know.
1: that's better than my idea, so I'm going to dub that with my voice later on
0: okay well no so, it's part of your it's you know adding too so what you're saying is the immortals have the curse of fenric boy oh
1: uh, there you go very good um but yes so there you go so there's a couple of ways you can take that so you can either have you know
0: and, and- that fenric is very cool i have to say it's really fun the idea that they each have like a little piece um, and that the prize and the game are all like a trick by Fenric. That's, that's good stuff. That's very huvian
1: Yeah, I, yeah. Because uh, even as I was thinking of it, I was like, oh, this is so bleak. I don't want to do this to Highlander, but it, it does work. So. And again, you can fit in whoever.
0: You could even... It's also a great way to do like an SATs Highlander if you don't want to commit fully to doing like, True. you know, Condor McLeod shows up in the game. You can do this. Th- like that Fenric thing is a great, you know, pastiche way of adding Immortals to your game. Yeah, that's cool. That's really fun.
1: And you can literally create any godlike entity you want. It doesn't have to be Fenric. So you can—it's a way of like fiddling around with the Highlander mythos in Doctor Who. You know that that if it's not Fenric, it's the flying. Spaghetti it could
0: be Monster. Kronos or yeah, yeah, yeah. whomsoever.
1: And they—you can tweak the powers if you want. You know, you can sort of say, well, actually, they've got this, or they've got this instead of this, and tweak, tweak the package if you want. Um, it, right. So I've got. Yeah, so, um, yes, another one which is fairly similar to this, but is a bit much of a deeper classic Who cut for Highlanders. Oh, I did it. I was doing so well, and I, uh, and I said Highlanders. They fell into the
0: trap. It's Yeah, it's, I right. think it's Scotland's perfect revenge.
1: Gosh darn trap. I know, I know. Oh, oh my, but I've actually got Celtic blood in me. You go back far enough, honestly. Right, so, City of Death. The Tom Baker, what was the highest rated episode ever of Doctor Who. Jagaroth. An alien race. This one guy, Scaroth, is dispersed through time because he explodes a warp engine in pre-genetic suit Earth, basically. Now, how about this? The Jagaroth DNA does explode and does go into the genetic soup, But certain parts of the genetic suit... Scientists, don't in and complain. I know it wasn't really genetic suit. Just go with me.
0: Okay, Scaroff... No, no, we've episode. all seen all good things. It was a, it's, <laughs> there's goop on rocks, and you can stick your hand in it. That's how it is. That's the Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. told us about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because Q didn't call for a maid. Anyway, huh. the, some parts of the genetic material got a bit more of the S- Jaggeroff DNA. Scaroff, throughout the episode of City of Death, wants to rejoin himself. Okay? How about this? Certain bits got more off DNA than others. So the drive for the immortals to kill each other, because this makes them live forever through some genetic quirk, is actually Scaroth on some genetic level screaming in their blood, their DNA, we want to rejoin and be as one. So all of the different immortals are trying to kill each other because on some genetic level, Scaroth wants to rejoin himself into one entity. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're all drawn together. That's why they're immortal. And that same alien energy DNA wants to make them kill each other so they reunite. So, all you end up with with the prize is a very powerful immortal who is some kind of temporal beacon and will end up becoming a off. maybe. Who knows? You can twist the end how you want. That is why they have that impulse and why they live forever.
0: Hmm.
1: It's a bit of a deep cut, but it does fit.
0: Yeah, it plays off the, the Fenric idea nicely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I've got I've got one more, Michael, if there's...
0: All right. Okay, so this one's not as bleak. I've already committed to not having a sword fight, so I... tell me more.
1: Okay, so how about this? And this is a very direct crossover. What if, during either the Time War or the Dark Times, Time Lords saw this species that looked a bit like them and thought, we can use these as soldiers? So... They tinker with some of them from the dawn of mankind um, or humanity, dose them with some archon energy, okay? Tinker with them, make them, give them their functioning abilities that we know and love. Now, their Arct- the Artron energy, for some reason, means that their memories are almost bigger on the inside so they can remember their whole lives even if they're thousands of years old. So they've got much better memory capacity than humans. That's just a bit of flavour. But also, because they've tinkered with them, they can bend time and space. And that's why they can hide their swords on their person, no matter what. Because they've got a tiny, tiny bit of a TARDIS-like quality to them. And the reason they don't die, in terms of the mechanics, isn't because they've got a healing factor. It's because they've got really, really limited regeneration abilities. Okay? Okay. That's why it's like lightning. It's a little bit like regeneration when a time lord regenerates. And it's the, their body is regenerating as best as it can because obviously time lords weren't going to create another time lord no, Mike, are you gonna say
0: something now? I you were going to say something. I, I, <laughs> I have very terrible news for you. Uh, but what you've done here is you've you've given a really great story for a bunch of Tectayune's prototypes for her experimentations with the timeless child. Oh. You've actually like written a really perfect like prologue story for something I know you don't like, <laughs> but you you have done it. You've literally built like The ideal .5 Time Lord story for, like, you could have the Master and the Doctor, like, zip through their Matrix journey to talk about, like, the creation of the Immortals, like you exactly just described. It's, so yeah, if there are people out there who, like, are less resistant to the Timeless Child than uh, than, 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 uh, the host of this pod, he's given you a perfect... Dad, ser- right uh timeless children to your game. You can't see my face right now either, but I literally just did the uh two hands clasped uh cheer on both sides of my body. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I've just been steaming over here while you were describing that, like so like Tech Tayun with the timeless child. Excellent, excellent work my- it's just beautiful, really beautiful.
1: Uh, ge- what I'm gonna have to like- light
0: a cigarette that was so good.
1: I, I-, I genuinely just did not know now you said that yeah this podcast isn't going out i'm not airing this one Zing. but yes okay there are
0: some extreme similarities some deep <laughs> some Passing deep extremely beneficial to other valid. game masters if they want to incorporate that uh, that new addition to canon to their game that's really open-minded of you ryan i gotta say
1: M- mostly this theory should be overlooked
0: um, no, no, I think it's I think it's your best work. I think it's really fantastic. Right. Okay. That, I was not expecting to win the verbal duel in the church. I really thought I'd lost, but I can I, see your head rolling off of your body, and I just I, spoke I, I, I just I, spoke it to be. Every single time the cricketing empowers me.
1: Uh, oh my god. Every single time an immortal is on their hands and knees, and they're not wounded. And they just give up and say, "Finish it. Take my head." That's the funny thing is,
0: the, the the one example of that not being true is is the movie we were like ostensibly focusing on because the Kurgan doesn't do that. The Kurgan does one last awesome charge yeah. and then yeah. still eats it. Um yeah. But there's you yeah. know there's also that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I feel Fazil at the start of the film could have got up and run away if he really wanted to. But anyway.
0: Anyway, yeah, but he's not, he's not a lead. Fazir knows it. Poor yeah. Bob Anderson. He's like, ah, I'm an excellent swordsman, but I am here to train all these other people and die.
1: Oh dear.
0: Anyway, yep. j- j- just to finish off this half-baked nonsense, garbage theory that I've... Picked, your best work, your, your magnum opus. Please I, continue. The,
1: the, uh, the reason why, just to really tie it into Doctor Who, the reason why all of mortal t- Oh, we didn't say this before. It's not hugely relevant, but it's a, it's, it's a an, um, an interesting detail. All Immortals are sterile. They cannot have children. So I tied this in with Doctor Who and the Pythia, if you know the novels and you know Doctor Who well enough, the Pythia cursed Time Lords to be sterile and that's why Immortals are sterile because the Time Lords couldn't create something that was fertile. So,
0: oh no, we're doing looms now? Ooh, I ju- worse. You know
1: what? I will take a loom over that thing you mentioned. <laughs> anyway. So, Yes. Um, and so the quickening is Arcturon energy being displaced from one immortal to another activated through violence because they were born and bred to be soldiers or or this Time Lord Science bred them to be soldiers, you know, in the same way that um, hypothetically the Sisterhood of Khan created regeneration juice for the Eighth Doctor to turn them into the War Doctor that kind of a thing, you know, so you can bring the Sisterhood of Khan into it as well if you want Mm. oh my god I'm so depressed now
0: the root of Zeist.
1: I was. This is this is this is the Zeist, I, I've chosen to die on. Clearly, um, <laughs> yes. So I was um,
0: really not expecting that to happen. That was pretty great stuff.
1: I feel like I had a good chance of winning, and then I just, for some reason, went whoops!
0: And yeah, thought, you handed me your sword. You were like, "Here, isn't this a really beautiful sword?" I'm like, "Oh, excellent! Thank you for these two swords I'm now holding." Um, have you ever heard of uh, this human invention called the scissors? Uh, anyway. um...
1: It's like I polished and sharpened my sword, did a bit of white guy karate, and, yeah. and just and said, "Look, and look! Like, like if I lie down here with my head just over this bench, you know, just to relax for a bit, you won't, you won't look after my sword for me. I know you won't do it. You won't betray me."
0: Oh, absolutely! No, it's it's a beautiful sword. Wow! Everybody wow. out.
1: Okay, so, um, uh, Mike, is there anything you'd like to plug before? The last, uh, I think I'd like it. to
0: first plug my incredible, glorious victory um, that ruled. Thank you, everyone. I'm glad you were all witnesses to it. Um, no, uh, you can find me on the social media at Michael Nixon. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, and I don't know, other stuff. Actually, on Facebook, I'm something else, but who cares? Don't find me on Facebook. Go away. Uh, no, not really. Um, uh, you can also find the game of Rassalon, a very fun. Uh, uh, actual play doctor who RPG podcast series uh, at Rassilon pod on the various socials media. Uh, Please find us on your favorite podcast carrier. And if you are interested in going behind the screen with some bonus material and extra adventures, you can find us at patreoncom slash Rassilon pod. I don't know by the time this airs, uh, by the time this pod is released, rather, um, I, I think our first bonus adventure, the game of class a young adult inspired adventure in which I play a cat, uh, is, is should, it should be out by now. And it's, it's super fun. Riley GM that it was a really good time. Um, and yeah, we're already putting together our second Patreon exclusive, which I it's I get, I'm running. I'm very terrified, but I also think it's going to be really good. Uh, I'm very excited.
1: And uh look for me to be guest starring in You know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be in any of their episodes, I'm not gonna jam any of their games because I can literally feel my heart winding down now as the last of the quickening juice escapes. Um you know what? If there are any episodes after this someone else can host them because i just i, I you know
0: welcome to wibbly wobbly dice it's a great having you ryan uh exquisite stealing your show out from under you um uh and uh yeah you can uh, find us on the various socials media at what it, what it, was it wibbly wobbly WWDC, wwdc underscore pod something like that it's wwdc great wwdw god, i don't know yes. why i keep thinking the last letter is c that's all because it's the dicey for some reason that yeah. tricks my brain into thinking it's i god that's oh that's on me
1: yeah so from now on it's going to be wibbly wobbly mikey wikey um, <laughs>
0: so, i prefer michael but i will take it <laughs>
1: well, michaely white wibbly wobbly Mikey wikey then it's
0: just as easy to type into a search engine yes uh,
1: but anyway yes well we hope you all enjoyed the show stay safe out there everyone this will be going out in April and um, if you're listening to this and it's some other month time travel right yeah and it happens goodbye
0: just once you're resurrected by however that happened in Highlander 2 but we'll figure it out Zeist. finish it Highlander there can be only one
1: Thank you for listening to Wibbly Wobbly Dicey Y C. Please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Feel free to get in touch with any questions or suggestions for future episodes, either on Facebook, by email, www.dwrpg at gmail.com, or by Twitter, at wwwRPG.